Amen. All right, glad to see you today. It's several out. Anyway, if you didn't get a bulletin, make sure you get one. This is the last in the series of Growth Through Struggle. And he's uh, expounding Matthew, uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and then Ephesians, chapter 6. So here he's got resources. Grow as we may in the continuing struggle, we are still too small and weak in ourselves to stand alone. But limitless resources are available to us through prayer. Yesterday's supply of grace is not enough for today. This morning's supply is not enough for this evening or last night's for this morning. So we are commanded to pray and pray and pray again with supplication and perseverance and more supplication. If we lack faith or courage or wisdom or power, the answer comes through prayer. God can never fail to give good gifts to his children. Let us not fail to pray. And he says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. This is the key verse. The man that endures is one of those that loves the Lord. And so he comes under the terms of the promise. The crown of life will be given after our trials are over. When Jesus comes to reward his servants, children of God, have eternal life here and now, but we shall have it in full measure and in glorious power when we get the crown of life in the resurrection of the just. Amen. Good lesson, good lesson. All right. Uh, how many of y'all cook with gas, natural gas? Well, they're trying to make it where you can't. California and I think New York. Those Democrat governors. Uh, they, uh, they've already declared that, I don't know, by 25 or 26, it will be against the law to heat, to cook with gas. Now, y'all know that natural gas, we've got more of it than anybody in the world. Why would those idiots, those devils, go after natural gas? It's clean burning. Uh, there is a conspiracy. There really is to destroy this country and the people in it. And they're also trying to replace the people that are in it. That's why the borders are open. But they've got more troubles than they want to by, by having that dude in, in Washington that's there. Come to find out how much, how much illegal classified material does he have in his garage. I don't know that they'll do anything about it or not. They're going to try to. Uh, the, the Republican-controlled Congress is going to try to. I don't know how far they'll get. I don't know how far the Democrats control everything, because they do, and they have for a long time. But we'll see. But this world, this, this country, is not like you, we, we all used to think it was. Anyway, now I mentioned that in Romans, that... Verse 18 of chapter 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in righteousness. And that, what that says there, they suppress the truth in their wickedness, their unrighteousness. And when somebody says, No, I don't want, I don't want you to bring it to my place, the word of God, that's what they're doing. However, uh, that's very wicked. And I'll tell you what, God is going to judge. Amen. We're going to go on Romans 2. Uh, and every thought 
Every deed and every misdeed is going to be brought before God and will be punished in the lake of fire. Oh, I believe science. I do too. I believe actual science. Science is knowledge. If two and two makes four, it's because God make it, made it. I believe two and two makes four, y'all. I don't think they've ever changed that. Uh, I believe what goes up must come down according to the law of gravity. Who made the law of gravity? God Almighty. I believe that's science. I believe that's science. 65 million years ago, dinosaurs is not science. They have no knowledge of that whatsoever. Uh, so uh, I believe science, but evolution is not science. All it is, is it's, it's, it's uh, fantasy. Look at Romans chapter 2. I've been in this before, but many times. This is sometimes a rough chapter to understand. So I wanted to get through this. As Paul talked in Romans 1, actually what he did, he gave us a history of the universe. And when did that history start? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now that's the beginning. You say, well, what about all that prehistoric stuff? There is no prehistoric stuff. There are no prehistoric men, human beings, and there are no prehistoric animals. There is no prehistoric world. The beginning was Genesis 1-1, when God, bara, that's the Hebrew word for create, makes something from nothing. And that is the question that none of them can answer. How did anything get here? It doesn't matter what it is. If it exists, it couldn't have existed eternally. It had to have a beginning. Say, well, a rock, that's not very much. Really make one. You might have a little problem with it. Oh, well, I'll go get some concrete and make some. Well, you get what you do. Take line, take another rock and grind it up and make concrete. You got to start with something. Because nothing, from nothing, nothing can come. Unless you have a sovereign creator. And we have one. He is the God of the Bible. He's not Allah. He's not the, not the God of the Muslim. He's not, he's not Buddha. He's not uh, anybody else. There's only one God. Here we is with the Lord our God is one. And he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the only God. Amen. And you can only come to him through Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, you look at all you look at all, all of the folks that try to cut Jesus out. The Catholic Church has cut Jesus out. They have put the Pope and so called Mary above Christ. Why do you think they say, Holy Mary, Mother of God? Pray for us. They say they don't pray to her. Of course they do. You take the Masons. You say, well, they believe in God. They believe in a God. They don't allow the name of Jesus Christ to be mentioned. Well, how about the Shriners? Well, they're all, they're more Muslim than they are anything except they're party goers. And they definitely have cut out Jesus Christ. Uh, 
Name some others that have cut him out. City Hall. Yeah. Any guy that says a prayer down there, woman or man, they're not allowed to mention the name Jesus. You know, I've got, I, somewhere I've got the letter. And that's pretty much true all over the country. They've all cut Jesus Christ out. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, red, white, or blue, or pink, and polka dot, can come unto the Father but by me. Oh, I believe in God and all that stuff. Do you really? God is not stuff. But he is the blessed Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have not the Son, you have not the Father. If you have the Son, you have the Father. I know you all have heard this before, you know it. But I don't want it it to ever be dropped. So he says, with all of the wickedness that he mentioned in chapter 1. Homosexuality. Both women and men. He says God gave them up unto vile affections. That's what he says in chapter 1. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. How have you noticed or not? But on television, you're getting a lot of commercials advertising AIDS medicine. And guess who they've got demonstrating? Queers. Two men kissing each other. Well, you see, AIDS is a, is a, it's, it's a queer disease. And I can tell you where it came from. It came from something that ought never to have been touched. You know what I'm talking about. And that's what they delight in. And don't tell me that God made them that way. He did not. Men with men working that which is unseemly. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Now they'll, they will talk about a God. They love to talk about religion. And these churches so-called that receive them. Openly. Oh, they could come here and listen. But we would not knowingly let one be a member of this congregation. And if we found it out, we would exclude them. They did not like retain this God, the only God, in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Now you can make all excuses for that you want to. But it means what it says. To do those things which are not convenient, not good. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Fornication. Now when you've got fornication, and you don't have the word adultery, fornication is the broad, inclusive term that, that involves all sexual sin outside of proper marriage, a man and a woman. Wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder. How far do you have to look to find murderers? How many do we murder every day in this country? They call it abortion, but it's baby murder. It's not pro-choice. 
It's baby murder. And then there's all other kinds of murder. And you know what? We've got the place we won't even punish a murderer. We'll punish a white-collar criminal, but we won't punish a murderer. I see them all the time on an ID. I mean, brutally rape and murder a girl, a young girl, and then because the, the prosecutor thinks he can't make a good case out of it, he makes a bargain with them, and they end up getting seven, seven years to life, and that means that seven years are going to be parole. That's what a rapist and murderer gets. God says, whoso shed a man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. Amen. Now, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. You think that's... Does that belong there? Absolutely it belongs there. And you're raising your children, let them be disobedient to you. Understand what you're doing. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Then he goes into chapter 2. Therefore, that's why I just hated to break into this without a little preparation here. Thou art inexcusable, O man. He's not talking just to Jews. This is written to the church at Rome, and these are all primarily Gentiles. But he says, O man, Whosoever, somebody said, I'm a whosoever. Well, I am too. Oh man, whosoever thou art. They want to talk about the love of God. You need to hear about this first. Whosoever thou art that judgest. We're not the judge. The Lord is the judge. And these that have the job of judge here, by appointment or by election, we've got the job of judge. They ought to submit themselves to the judge of the universe. They ought to do that because they ain't smart enough to do it on their own. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Huh. We judge others. But when we do it, we judge ourselves, condemn ourselves. Why? For thou that judgest doest the same things. Remember what Jesus, now this is, of course, of God's people. You remember what he says in Matthew 5, 6, and 7? If we don't exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, we're in bad shape. How do you exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees? Well, the Pharisees said, oh, I don't murder. I haven't murdered anybody. Well, we must not even think about it. Oh, I don't commit adultery. We must not even think about it. Be careful how we judge. Now, I'm not, it's not saying that we don't need to practice church discipline. We do. And not saying we don't need to get proper judgment in the civil courts and the criminal courts. We do. But we need to be careful on the individual basis how we judge. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. God's judgment can't be questioned. It's questioned all the time. It doesn't do any good. They're not going to change God's word and God's judgment. Oh, I hear them judge, judging God's judgment all the time. Oh, well, he's unfair to do all that. Hmm. What right did he have to destroy that whole creation in the flood? Ever right. It's his creation. 
He didn't ask your help to create it, did he? And he didn't ask your help, to, your, your permission to destroy it. You see, God doesn't ask our permission to do anything. We're not his judge. He's our judge. Well, verse 3. Now, what we're talking about, not only are the pagan idolaters without excuse, but those who have religious privilege, the Jews and us. We all really know that. Why do you think we've got laws? Somebody said, oh, there ought to be a law. Well, believe me, there is one. Nobody knows how many laws we've got. God's only got ten. That's for the whole universe, all time and eternity. That's God's absolute standard of righteousness. And you know what? The wisdom of that, those ten laws cover every sin there is. Sin is the transgression of the law. Now, verse 3. Thinkest thou this, old man, that judgest them which do such things? And doest the same that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? God's judgment is according to truth. Now you know what man says about truth? Exactly what Pilate said. What is truth? In one of our classes at Lexington Baptist College. The smart aleck, he was in there going to show everybody how smart he was. And I said in the class about truth, he said, Brother Gum, what is truth? I wrote a little note, passed it to him. John 17 said, Thy word is truth, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. If you don't know that, buddy, you, you, you're way behind times. That's what truth is. But all oh, this world says, oh, no, that's not true. Uh, Brother Staten talked about Jonah this morning. You know, that's one of the books that's really under attack by the liberals. Uh, Genesis, Daniel, Jonah, the Gospel of John, those books are really under attack by even people who claim to be Christians, preachers. People say, oh, well, that book of Jonah, that's, that's not real. Well, did you ever read John, Matthew 12? Jesus said that book was real. Amen. Jesus said that that... Uh, that man Jonah was a real man. Jesus said that that event in Jonah's day did absolutely occur. And as a matter of fact, he said the people there are going to rise in judgment against these people. I thought that was a good point Brother Satan brought. No, it's a whale because it had to be an air-breathing creature. Couldn't be a fish. So it's all talk about a great fish. No, it's a sea monster is what the word, the word is in Greek and Hebrew. A sea monster. And I call, a, I call a whale a sea monster. You don't want one coming up underneath your boat because he'll flat put you in the deep six. Anyway, but that, I mean, that's truth. The book of Jonah is truth. The book of Daniel is truth. The book of John is truth. The book of Genesis is truth. Every word of it. Amen. Is anybody going to escape the judgment of God? No. 
You know who's going to be there? Everyone. Rich, poor, big, little, famous, infamous. They're all going to be. Nobody's going to miss that appointment. Nobody will. Well, now, knowing does not lessen your guilt. It increases it. So when you hear these truths and you don't respond to them, you're piling it up. You're piling judgment up. It's going to come back against you. And in that judgment, you can't escape it. Everything's laid bare. When you see Jesus in the first chapter of Revelation, what's his eyes look like? A flame of fire. He knows all the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And he doesn't have a memory like you and me. We forget. Parents forget. Kids hope that they can hide out long enough that parents will forget, and many times they do. They just let it slide. But let me tell you what, the, the, the judge of the universe does not forget. All right? Chapter 4. Or despise, or verse 4, not chapter, or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Every act of God is designed to lead us to repentance. Amen. All of the rough things. Why would God permit these? They're flooding in California now. We flooded here in East Kentucky. What about the earthquakes? What about the tsunamis? What about the uh, volcano eruptions? What about all of that? What about the plagues? What about the sicknesses? Oh, you tell you know now that they say in New York there's another strain of Fauci flu. And you know who this one's getting? All of those who have received the vaccination. That's what they're saying. I didn't say that's what they said on national news this morning. I guess that'd scare you, wouldn't it, if you'd had one? Well, I don't know. I don't think they're ever going to let up on this. They're going to keep on coming up with stuff. They've got to justify what they've been doing. And that's what they're doing. Anyway. But not knowing, not not recognizing either God's severity or God's goodness. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart. Jesus said the reason Moses gave the authority to write a bill of divorcement. Was because of the hardness of their hearts. Now I've heard preachers say well that doesn't apply today because it was for the hardness of their hearts. What do you think he's talking about? Sin is what he's talking about. He says, thy hardness and impenitent heart. Who's he talking to? Lost sinners. No, divorce shouldn't be. If it was like it was when God set Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, absolutely one man and one woman for life. But sin entered. And there's where the problem is. So anyway, the hardness and penitent heart. Uh-oh. Treasurest up thyself wrath against the day of wrath. What's that mean? 
How much wrath is God going to pour out? All of it. And what are you doing with your impenitent and hard heart? Refusing to recognize any movement of God. Any word of God. You're putting all of that wrath in your treasure box. And it's going to get full. And let me tell you that that wrath will be unleashed. Against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. And you look at Revelation chapter 20 at the white throne judgment. And he will cast them into the lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. The worm dieth not and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. There's the wrath of God. He's already displayed it in this world. Chapter 1 said, willing to show his wrath. He showed it in the Garden of Eden. When he cursed Adam and Eve, he cursed the serpent, he cursed the earth, and then he drove them out of the Garden of Eden. He showed his wrath when he destroyed the world by a flood. And these so-called scientists, oh, well, there's no evidence of that. You idiot, you can go in my backyard and find evidence of it. That's not science. And he says in verse 6, verse 6, who, that's God, will render, renders to give to every human being according to his deeds. God judges according to truth, according to righteousness. I am not going to pay for any of my sins. Jesus has already paid for them. But even lost people are not going to pay for Adam's sin. They say, oh, original sin. In that context, there is no original sin. Adam sinned against God and he brought, he brought depravity upon the whole human race. And that, and that nature is passed to all of us. We're all born in sin. But God's going to render to everyone according to his deeds. <clears throat> now look at verse 7. I wanted to read you this. I think I've read it to you before, but it's too good. Now this is from Robert Haldane. He wrote a good commentary on the book of Romans. He says, now, there is no judgment of God which is not according to strict justice. There is none that is a judgment of mercy. Mercy and justice are irreconcilable except in Christ, in whom mercy is exercised consistently with justice. Everybody says, oh, we got to show mercy. God shows mercy. God only shows mercy in Christ. Outside of Christ, our God is a consuming fire. And that's talking about his awesome judgment. If you're not in Christ, you cannot claim the love of God. God only loves in his son. Amen. Now, verse 7. Two classes of people here. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, 
eternal life. Now that's not saying that there's a work salvation. This is descriptive of a whole class of people who are born again, children of God, who prove they are by their perseverance. They continue. Somebody said, well, I was saved years ago, but I don't serve the Lord now. You better examine that awfully close. You better examine that awfully close. If you're saved, you have an unction from the Holy Spirit. You love God's law. And you are a law keeper. Now, verse 8 he says, but unto them, now here's the other class of people, just two classes here, unto them that are contentious, argumentative, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. It's only true of those who have been exposed to truth. If you've been exposed to the truth of God's word, you've heard the word that you're lost and on your way to hell, and here is the only remedy is repentance and faith in Jesus Christ in his gospel, and you still are out there, then you do not obey the truth. Look quick at 2 Thessalonians 1. Verse 5, chapter 1, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. That's what we're talking about. That you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Anybody suffering for the kingdom of God? Anybody suffering? Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense, reward, Tribulation to them that trouble you, and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now, the same one wrote Romans and wrote that. He's talking about the same truth here. Doesn't matter who you are. Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter. Verse 10. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Now that's back with that first bunch. That first bunch is persevering after God. Seeking holiness. Seeking his will. This other bunch is walking in contentiousness. Obeying not the truth. Obeying not the gospel. How do you obey the gospel? By believing it. Verse 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. Now that word there for respect of persons has a word in it, the face, prosopon in the Greek. Doesn't matter what you look like. God doesn't look on your face and say, you're a special person. He's no respecter. 
of persons. There's several other references I can give you for that. Verse 12, here we go. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. Now, everybody's real fan of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, there's that word, but have everlasting life. It's true scripture. But speaking of perish, as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Are there people that don't have the law? Well, yeah, there's lots of people that have not had the Ten Commandments. But that's not an absolute requirement because there's other things to consider. And here we go. Verse 13. For not the hearers of the law are just or justified before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. James, the first chapter, is full of that. For when the Gentiles, now that word is heathen, that's us, which have not the law, to whom did the law come? It came to God's nation, the Jews. It didn't come to the Gentiles. So there are some that had not the law, some that have the law, but he says, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without the law. Verse 14, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. Do you know that there's not a tribe or nation on earth that doesn't have a set of laws to go by? Even in the darkest jungles, whether they're spoken or written, They've all got laws to go by. And there will be amongst those laws some similarities to the Ten Commandments. Especially the second table. Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not steal. Go on the rest of them. Everybody knows it's wrong to murder me. Everybody ought to know that it's wrong to steal my stuff. I think it's really phenomenal to hear somebody sitting in a prison cell for for robbery carrying on against somebody that stole their cigarettes. I've heard them. I've listened to them in prison. Go to visit them. Ready to kill somebody because they stole something from them. And they're sitting there for stealing from somebody else. And that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. Judging others. And you're guilty of the same thing. Well, They show the work of the law written in their hearts. Now, if you've never heard of it, surely you have. Listen here very much. The the Code of Hammurabi. How many have heard of the Code of Hammurabi? Well, that took place back sometime about the time of Abraham. As a matter of fact, back in Genesis there, in chapter 11, I think it is, it talks about Amraphel. And those that know things like this, 
at least speculate that Amraphel and Hammurabi were the same person. Well, they found this black uh, stone, uh, obsidian. That's a volcanic rock. It's black. I used to have a piece of obsidian in my rock collection. Pretty rocks. But they had carved on there this whole thing in cuneiform. Those are triangles and stuff. They figured out the code for reading it. That there was a code of ethics on that stone. And it's amazing. Many of the laws that Hammurabi had approximate much of the Ten Commandments. So now look what the liberal world does. They say, oh, that must be where Moses got it. While we don't believe that, that he went up on Mount Sinai and God spoke to him and wrote, wrote in stone and gave him this stone. We don't believe that. He, he no, no doubt stole that from Hammurabi. That's just like to try to say that John the Baptist stole baptism from the Essenes. No, John the Baptist didn't steal that and Moses didn't steal the Ten Commandments. Moses got them from God. But why then did Hammurabi and anybody else have laws close to the Ten Commandments? You know why? Because it's written in their heart. Just like Paul says in the first chapter of Romans, they've got the witness inside of them that God is. Anybody that says they don't believe in God, they're a liar. They believe in something else besides them. They know that there's something else beside them. But they've chosen to deny God, to deny his creation. But they're not going to get away with it. All right, now. When the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. And here's the truth. To him that knoweth to do good, to him it is sin when he doesn't do it. You're sinning against your conscience and your conscience is telling you that it's wrong. That's sin in itself. Anyway. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts. They can't, they can't avoid it. What is all this stuff? Transgenderism. All this homosexual freak marriages and all of that. Does God produce that? No. It's rebellion. The whole human race is in the act of rebellion. I preached not long ago on the mutiny in the Garden of Eden. <coughs> Their conscience also bearing witness. <coughs> and their thoughts meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. That's what preachers are doing. But in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. It's all going to be made manifest then. Then he says, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. He tells us again about that in chapter 7. And knowest his will, and approveth the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes which has the form of knowledge, and of the truth and the law. Thou therefore which teachest another. Teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preaches a man should not steal. Dost thou steal? Think about that a while. Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery. Dost thou commit adultery? 
Thou that abhors idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? That's idolatry. Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. He's talking about the Jews that claim to keep the law and violate the law just like everybody else does. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. Who keeps the law? Nobody. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. A Jew being circumcised, if he's not saved, his circumcision is uncircumcision. Doesn't do him a bit of good. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, that's us Gentiles, if they keep the righteousness of the law, he didn't say the law, the righteousness of it, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Who's the real Jew here? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law? For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, that's circumcision. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. Circumcision of the heart, that's the new birth, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Based on law keeping, it's written in the heart. Job said, they are they which sin against the light. With the law or without the law, sin against the light. What's the answer? Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's all.